podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast, broadcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Denny. I'm joined tonight for this show by Lisa Marie Hannan and Carl Kopak. As we look back on the week that was for Liverpool and ahead to the week that will be and whatever else takes our fancy in between. Now, I have a little thing to start today because I've been spending a lot of time recently trying to work out what might be a good way for me to, uh, you know, push a little bit forward intellectually, academically, all those kind of things, mind expansion, all that kind of thing. Yes, in a word, I have been considering what is traditionally considered the hippie route of psychedelics and what they may or may not have as beneficial uh, uh properties now that said the one i would be most suspicious of of course is the one which was created uh which was uh lab designed which is lsd however despite the fact that there's tremendous evidence that that might be a great thing some people talk about it in a semi-positive light one of these people was the great and legendary Bill Hicks. And this quote came into my head so many times during the week when I was reading about this topic in general. I wanted to share. I know what this is. Yes, you do. Here we go. How about a positive LSD story? Wouldn't that be newsworthy just once? To base your decision on information rather than scare tactics and superstitions and lies? I think it would be newsworthy. Today, a young man on acid realized that all matter is merely energy condensed to a slow vibration, that we are all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively. There is no such thing as death. Life is only a dream, and we're the imagination of ourselves. Here's Tom with the weather. The sad part of that is, is that as they're all laughing, He's really hitting some important points, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, which of course is uh, where the tragedy and the comedy lies together. That's just me. That's what's going through in my head at the moment. You realise that I loved everything. He says at one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. loved everything. Everything. <laughs> uh, so that's Bill Hicks. Uh, here's another man with uh, a yarn always at the ready. This is Mr. Carl Kopak. We've already heard a couple of times interjecting. Carl, how's your week been? I believe uh, we, we've been sort of swiveling around um, with the recording on occasion um, because you are uh, rekindling your football career. How's that been going, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a footballer now, Trev. Yeah, I've, um, I've I've started walking around with my hair in a in a in a in a, uh, a man bun, 
Uh, oh. sliding, sliders on, carrying a small bag, talking behind my hands to managers and things like that. <laughs> You've got it down. You've got it down. High-fiving literally everyone. I mean, absolutely everyone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, I, I keep hugging men called Pep. Got to do that. Um, plenty of that stuff going on. Um, no, I've started doing Man versus Fat, which is a interesting initiative. I'm going to write about it at some point. It's basically for the more rotund gentlemen, which I am, and um, to play football and you basically get weighed in every single week and what have you. But then you play your game for, so I play for the blue team and which of course I'm less keen on. Try try getting your replica kit in blue for a team you don't despise. It's very difficult. Mm. Um, so I play my 1998 Brazil away shirt and uh, we're currently third in the league at the moment but it's great playing football again but sorry i was going to say so you don't just win the game on the pitch you game in if you've lost more weight than the other side or um if you've tracked all your calories you get a goal in a week um and loads of little things like that there's little challenges set in every now and then too and um but more than anything it's just lovely to play football again with people who really like playing football and um the quality is the, the thing about this is you, you might you might think there's a lot sort of like you know lots of it's a knockout type big balloon blokes running around all the time <laughs> trust me it ain't it ain't like that at all there's people who are just a little bit overweight but they or they've clearly played in the past i'd say the biggest lad who plays in our league i could be wrong i hope he doesn't mind me saying this um is is definitely played his touch is incredible and uh, it's very difficult to get the ball off him so um yes i've been i've been playing a bit of footy it's lovely to do that um i've been seriously considering going back to doing a bit of five or six aside myself um if i could work out an evening to do it on a regular basis that of course when you get to a certain stage where you've got a lot of um things you're juggling is the challenge however um i am currently uh, busting a gut in terms of fitness and a new plan for myself more of which Maybe on a later episode when I'm a bit further into it, I feel a bit squeamish talking about it until I've actually got a bit under my belt. But that's not the only exertions you've been up to of late, Carl. I'm a mountaineer now, Trev. Yeah. I've, uh, a mountaineer and a footballer. So, okay, so instead of a man bun, uh, what, mountaineers are more kind of Alice band guys, are they? Uh, the ones I've seen, the more sort of anorak and flask-based people. Yes, uh, yes, yes. And uh, that was more hardy. <laughs> In fact, I literally went up in my football shorts uh, to belt up Ben Nevers. I did the three peaks last week. I, I know people do them over three, uh, over one day, if they can, if they've got a driver, because you can't, you basically you can't drive between them and climb them at the same time. You'll be dead. Um, just like ten hours apart. But um, we did Snowden last Friday. Um, got in the car, stayed um, in the Lake District um, near Scarfell Pike, highest point in England. Snowden's obviously the highest point in England and Wales. Um, so we did Scarfell Pike, and then on the Saturday morning we drove up to. Sorry, straight after that we we drove up to Scotland, uh, to Fort William, another six hours up the road, to do um, Ben Nevis the following day. Uh, had a, a few celebratory drinks afterwards. I tried walking again, which wasn't easy, and then we came back along the long drive to East Anglia from Fort William on Monday. Can I ask you something? Because um, I heard a conversation around this today. As a guy who's done um, all the various um, peaks in Ireland as often as humanly possible, uh, I remember having a lot of bravado around the idea of uh, mountain climbing poles 
or hiking poles. Uh, you know, the ones that kind of extend yeah. a bit. They've got the pointy little bit at the end, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So it's like a rubbish picker upper, except it's to stop you from keeling over arse over to on your way down. So you've got to stop pitching. For, yeah, poles. stop you from yeah. p- pitching as you as you as you descend mountains. I'm now, a I understand that you're a mountaineer and I do appreciate your technical input here. That's very, very important. Footballing mountaineer. Uh, so can I ask you a simple question? Because it took me until two years ago to use them and then I gave them up again because I actually do prefer to be sort of really in the moment and picking my steps. I think I relaxed a bit when I had them. Do you, did you use the, the the hiking poles for your descent? I didn't. I didn't. I did Snowden, and I think I'm going to say October 2018 or 19 with yeah. um, friends of the show Serena. Um, and I went into a I can't name them. I went into a mountaineering outfitters, shall we say, um, in London, and said, "Look, I'm, I'm doing Snowden. Do I need the the, the stick things?" Which I, I believe is the term I used. It is, yes, and, yes. And yes. I said, oh, really? Oh, okay. So it's your first time. I said, yes. And what Rita said, I'm, I'm doing the pig track, thinking I know the pig track's quite tricky. And her answer was literally this. <laughs> so, no, um, I didn't use it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Now, if I've been doing crib gok, which is, you know, you don't need poles. You just need to be a bit of an idiot to climb crib gok. If you... The first time you're going to do Snowden. But no, I didn't. But um, I was talking to people on the way going up to Ben Nevis, which was the entire day, by the way. It's a day that took. Um, and they were like saying, like, you know, you'd, you'd feel a lot more comfortable if you had the poles with them. But there were people with poles who were still behind me. And I was quite slow. Um, because they can't really get you over the rubble bits, if you know what I mean. There's a bit where, you, where, you know, where you're walking up a path. And it's not... When, you, when, when I say a path, it sounds like it's a staircase. But it's not. It's like steps. It's been made into steps with slabs. But they're all incredibly disjointed and all over the place, and you know they're all slippy and what have you. That's it. The, the, the idea, the idea of the extra bulk going up just put me off immediately. There's just a pain yeah. in the arse going up, and I actually just find it. I just want to pick my steps coming down. So I have a quick question for you before I move on. Say hello to Lisa Marie. Quick question for you. Um, this is obviously vital um, technical information. If you're going out for a day for a hike like that, like Nevis, um, you've got a backpack. What's in the backpack for sustenance? Right, uh, a lot of water, an awful lot of water. But bearing in mind, on Ben Nevis, just just before halfway, there is a waterfall with the most beautiful water I've ever tasted in my life, and it's all free, so that's quite handy. So take a big bottle with you, take a uh, a jacket or a fleece or something. That's what I did, and uh, protein bars, flapjacks for your friend. That's what I'm looking for. That the food thing I'm looking for. So protein bars, yeah. flapjacks. There's that's what you went for. Did you? Did you? Na- I was gonna say surely. A sa- yeah, absolutely. Sandwich. Okay, that's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. I look forward to this. this is, I can see this becoming a thread. Lisa Marie, have you ever climbed a mountain? Awful, awful, awful mountains in America. They're tiny. <laughs> those those little those little mountains you've got over there. The little, the little yeah. Rocky Mountains. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a thing you've ever uh, bothered with or been interested in doing? Um, I really haven't. I have not climbed a mountain. I mean, I've I've driven up some mountains. And are you a, are you a, um, are you a, are like you a hiker? Would you be a hiker, Lisa Marie? Not. I mean, I don't know. I don't mind a walk. I don't know how much I would be into 
hiking. Um, I don't know. I mean, one of the things, Trev, on, on both my um, trips over to Ireland was not that I ever thought it was a flat country, um, but I was always surprised. Oh, shoot. And I don't remember. It was one of the passage to not. Um, oh, I can't remember which one it was. But I mean, it was a hike up to the top of that one. Um, I don't remember which one it was now. This but, sounds uh, very much like you were in Wicklow. Um, because well, I have been to Wicklow actually, yeah. um, but no, it was up, it was up more your, your neck of the woods. Okay. Um, okay. okay. Anyway, but yes, I remember going, <laughs> we were about halfway up it. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I made it up. It was fine. And I'm very glad we did it, but I was, I was not necessarily prepared and, and perhaps not necessarily in the footwear I would have been wearing had I known I was going to be climbing <laughs> a, problem, a bit of a small mountain um so anyway um yeah but no I mean that's always something I've kind of always been interested in sort of doing so 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 let let me let me let me segue this with a different question for you because these are I'm a curious individual you may have noticed this so the correct footwear uh I'm always looking to find out what people are putting on their feet it fascinates me uh because until a certain age I just used to wear crap on my feet all the time and then at some point (laughs) in my early 20s seriously I would just wear any old crap uh I I had Doc Martens I did like Doc Martens when I was a teenager and then I just when I was a student I I had to and, and you know my, just before I got my first job we have to buy your own foot. who gives a shit yeah. I just put anything on my feet and then I heard somebody say because I am a very very shallow man I heard somebody say that um, women judge you by your footwear <laughs> and, and it, it had a profound impact on me I said I better get some decent shoes here. What the fuck? I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, and then, of course, like, don't get me wrong. I am I'm always, I've been obsessed with clothes all my life. But with shoes, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I, I hear you talking about the correct footwear. And now I'm massively curious. If you're going to uh, relax, not necessarily go hiking because we've established that's not your, your bag. But if you're going to go for a walk. Do you have, you know, do you, do you, do you splash out on cozy footwear? Do you, do you have like super Nike XYZs or what do you have? Um, I, I do have some, some, yes, shoes that are more appropriate for, you know, walking, um, good support and all of that good thing. Um, and I can't remember what brand they are right now. Uh, Acer maybe. Okay. Um, yeah. And I need good arch support. I've got a very high arch to my foot. So right. arch support is very important to me. Okay. <laughs> Where in the world has this thread gone? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got to tell football you. football podcast, right? I, I've um, got to tell yeah, you. I'm so, no, I'm so happy with the opening. Seeing the importance from a fairly young age of, you know, spending money on a couple decent pairs of shoes. There but I go. had jobs like in college and everything where I was on my feet a lot. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I worked in restaurants and things like that. So it was, it was to me, it was worth the money to spend money for some good shoes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, 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 did you like that? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Right. Very, don't nice. Worry, don't Very worry, nice. I'm here all week. Uh, did you have anything specific you wanted to start us with briefly before we get into well, the chat? Well, I just was wanting to point 
out that it is a holiday weekend here in the U.S. It is Labor Day weekend, okay, um, which is traditionally thought of as the end of summer over here. Um, you know, generally the summer season is is bookended by Memorial Day weekend, which is the last Monday of May, and Labor Day weekend, which is the first Monday of September. Um, and, and you know, it used to be the school year kind of you know worked with that too is you started back to school after labor day and school was out generally after memorial day but that's not really the case anymore so um yeah but labor day was you know is pays tribute to the contribution and achievements of american workers and again traditionally observed the first monday in september and um it became a federal holiday in 1894 so it's around a little longer than you might have thought and i've been some celebrating Labor Day weekend where I mixed up a really lovely batch of sangria Friday night and I've been drinking on it all weekend long. That is, that is a wonderful... During the podcast, just saying. It's a, it's a wonderful <laughs> way to celebrate Labor Day with... Uh, celebrating something. the end of summer. I'm celebrating the end of yeah. summer. Although, again, my kids have been back in school for a month, so summer's kind of been over for a while. But anyway, it's still warm enough to be summer here for sure. Hence the hence the ice in your sangria, yes. Hence the ice in my sangria, yes. Very good, very good. I'm delighted to hear it. And uh, listeners, if uh, Lisa Marie falls off the call later on, you'll understand what's happened. Uh, it'll all be fine. <laughs> Myself and Carl will soldier on. Uh, we should start talking a little bit about footy, um, uh, of course. Do we have and- to? I know. Uh, look, there's a couple of there's a couple of things that I want to touch off of before we end our football chat. First of all, I want to get a good and a bad thing from each of you from the um, derby. Then I would like uh, to talk about the general sort of malaise rather than f- focusing too much on it in the derby chat uh, and see if we think it's a thing or what what the g- bigger picture is or how you're feeling about that bigger picture and then I wouldn't mind having a look at what we've got coming up in terms of uh, the fixtures and fold in all the, the did we or should we have uh, transfer malarkey as well so those are the big stories and wherever we go outside of that is completely up to you guys so I'm going to start with exactly that the good and the bad from the derby if there are good and bad things uh, to take I, I very much think there are um, of course it's very easy to focus on the negative ones um, for me it, it's the, the the worst thing about the derby was at several moments in the in the, in the game i felt like i didn't i felt like the team didn't really know what it was uh, and it's it, quite a desperate feeling as a fan when you've been watching this lot as closely as you have and you're you've got the the hopes for them um uh, as sky high as 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 i do not everybody else does i get that um it's it's quite a desperate feeling um and it's 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 um it's a panic inducing feeling to be perfectly honest so that was the worst part of it for me was that sort of um what a few of us were describing as an identity crisis and the best part by a mile over the last while has been the kids you couldn't say necessarily that was the best part of the derby um at all I agree with that. I I did like um, Fabinho's performance. I actually heard quite a few people hacking the back off him because I think that's just what people do now. Um, But I'm struggling very, very much to come up with something too positive. I liked Luis Diaz graft. Um, uh, I liked uh, the fact that we had 
we we seem to have at least two very functional left backs. Um, I like most of what Joe Gomez did. Um, uh, yeah, but it feels token for me, and I might as well admit it. It feels token because it is a bit token. I'm I'm reaching a bit. Carl, what what about you? You, you the the t- two takeaways, your your most positive thing and most negative thing from that particular outing against the Ev. I was going to say the most positive thing was Jogo Jota, but um, uh, as it happens with, when you when you look at things like this, you forget the, the biggest thing that there is and they try and plan a second one behind it and then you just completely forget. Jogo Jota was fantastic. I mean, absolutely yeah. fantastic performance that was. He was. Um, better than Verge, I thought. And um, he's really, really just fallen back into that slot again. I thought he's just impeccable the way you know, he was handling that, that, that diving gobshite he was up against occasionally. And um, just just strong beard, and like that insane. Um, and yeah, it's just t- totally on un- you know unfazed by what was going on around him. Um, so so many bad things. I've just I still don't get the trend taking Trent off. I thought that reduced us by about thirty percent. To be honest, I thought that was a bloody awful decision. Um, I thought it would have been more prudent to bring Robbo on and have them both on, and then sort of like, you know double the attack on it because. Obviously, um, Robbo hasn't finished the game yet. Um, although well, the game he's finished is the one he didn't start. Um, and I can understand why that is, but it just made me just think, well, you know, you, you, you can't mess around with things like that. The, the shape's been awful all year. I mean, Mo is so withdrawn from the entire... From the entire you know, he's, he's, he's talking to the ball boy more than he is to Jordan Pickford these days. And it's just it's, it's, just, it's just a really, really weird season. It's easy to lay the blame on that at the midfield, and I get that, and I get all the arguments and what have you. But it's just I don't I don't see the Nunes thing yet. That's why I really really pleased when Jogo when yeah, Jogo Jota came on, just because that that looked like a man who was running for the number nine. You know, obviously that he plays mostly on the left and what have you, but he he plays quite centrally for part of that game, and I thought he was brilliant for when he was doing that. Nunes little flashes of brilliance, but I think it's going to be a while before we before we see him as you know Liverpool's number nine, and the fact that you know. Firmino came in and got three goals in a game in a bit. Just just tells me, and you know, Andy and Bobby was great as well for the for, for the derby too. Just tells me that you know, I, I think are we, are, um, is it too early to change plan? Yeah, well, I I, I think it's a question that's it's it's obviously um, occupying Jurgen's brain as well because the decision making is is is, is it's, it's confusing. Um, and you know it's funny you mention that, right? I, 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 there again, the obvious one. You, you talk about Joe Gomez as your obvious positive. My obvious negative was I'll, I'll be I'll be absolutely fair, uh, truthful about this. I was hoping that Klopp might try the two kids and Fab in this derby because. I wanted to see what that would look like. And we had been spoiled by uh, attacking performances by Fabio Carvalho in the eight. Um, and um, where he's playing very much as a forward in those two previous outings, um, very much on the front foot. But wow, the kids struggled in the defensive aspects of the game massively. Yeah, uh, yeah every 10 seconds. And, and, and Harvey, despite the fact that he's more senior and he is a better field for the first team position, wasn't wonderful in that regard either. I thought he was very good or at least constantly positive in, in terms of his progressive play. So 
that was that to me was the biggest takeaway in terms of disappointments. I was like, shit. And of course, I listened afterwards and I listened to people who were saying, well, it was never really going to work with those two. And Carvalho is not really a proper midfielder, or at least not yet. And, um, you know, I, I'll hold my, hold my hand up and go, yeah, well, it was, it was just hopeful. It was wishful thinking. And so when that didn't pan out the way we were, well, I was hoping um, that is disappointing. And you can see that there's a very logical argument that he should have just started Jimmy Miller from the start in that eight position because as it was when he came on, the poor lad had a bit of a shit show of a cameo. Yeah, terrible. It was absolutely bloody awful, yeah. And I and I see the benefit of that because the first, I, I always think with, with Derby, particularly at their place as well, the first 70 minutes is people throwing haymakers at each other. That's yeah. all it is. And then suddenly someone starts playing football, unless one is massively better than the other, which is what we've been doing, beating 4-1 at their place last year. But that game was over in 20 minutes. And unless you can do that, the first thing you're going to do is literally, you know, as the old joke says, um, there's there a 20,000 20, people fighting. And it was ended when 22 lads started playing football in the middle of the park. It, and it's a bit like that, but within the actual park itself. It, it's just, it's, it, there's no room for flashy football in derbies a lot of the time, particularly when Everton was so up for it because they had to be because they haven't won yet. Um and I, yeah, I, I think putting two kids in was a bit naive, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying I'm not the greatest manager in the world, I know, but you know, I, I think he makes mistakes and he's made one there. I want to get to you, Lisa Marie, on this because I, I'm aware that if we with her on too much, every chance will steal your thunder. Thunder in terms of the um, uh, specific examples you want to mention, not that there'd be any harm in doubling down, but just something that occurs to me there as I'm listening to Carl. Talk about um, the. Um, do you know what? I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait and see what you say. Uh, what what your your positives, uh, positive and negative, biggest one in each case, please, from the derby. Okay. Well, my my positive would be that I remembered the night before to set up the coffee machine, so that all I had to do was stumble out of bed and turn it on. So yes, um, because again, early kickoff. Not cool on a Saturday morning of a holiday weekend. Not any fun. Not any fun at all. And, you know, that is also one of the things about these early kickoffs for me is it can take me a good portion sometimes of the first half of the game to just honestly be awake enough to be registering what I'm watching, if that makes any sense at all. I mean, I'm you know, or at least I know what I'm watching, but it may not have clicked in per se, which players are on the field and, and what they're doing or what they should be doing and everything else. So that was probably at least the first half hour of the match for me. And I kind of meant to go back and watch it so that I might, you know, have some more in, you know, insights for this podcast, but sorry, that didn't happen. Um, but other positives, other than the fact that I brewed a really great pot of coffee to have for the match. Um, I agree with, Carl actually already kind of stole my my positives. I was thinking Joe Gomez, you know, he's he's really playing himself back to what he was before his, you know, his injury, um, you know, that long term injury he had. And, it, and it's really nice to see because, you know, he really was doing so well, um, you know, and was at such a, you know, just such a good point. So I, I like seeing that. And I was happy to see um, Diogo Jada back on the bench and glad to see that he came in. Um, you know, for a portion of that match, you know, he obviously, you know, he's been out and hasn't played at all yet this season, but I thought considering that, you know, he did well enough for us and was getting himself 
into some good positions. So those are my positives. Um, do you still want the negatives or do we want to just continue on? <laughs> no, no, um, also, no, no. Yes, Are you... my, my son, Harvey Who Elliott, did... did very well. My fourth child, Harvey Elliott. Um, you know, I think, again, he wasn't he didn't do as well in the Everton match, but but he didn't you know, he, he continued on showing that he sort of deserves that place um, in oh, yeah. the midfield. Yeah, very much so a positive. Very much yeah, very much a positive. Yeah, very much a positive. But before um, we go, before we go on to your your, your your negatives, uh, I'll just float this out here now, and, and Carl, you can be thinking about it because you kind of brought it up there. Uh, it just seems to fit in here. It's the thing I was going to say at the start. The Derby itself is obviously a, a weird beast and and a, and a kind of a one-off thing. And traditionally. Um, when Liverpool haven't been necessarily supreme in terms of the way that, you know, 90 point plus seasons, stuff like that. It's a game that's very much up for grabs in terms of what can happen on the day. Um, but we've seen Everton not be very good for quite a while now, be a little bit rudderless under um, Lampard. Um, and I have this horrible feeling that whether by accident or design, there's just the right blend of grok and industry and subtlety in that team now that I think they're going to be absolutely grand. I think people talking about Everton and a relegation battle are just fanciful reds who want to imagine the worst. I can't see it at all. So I think there's a little bit of an issue and I just want to flag it up there. We'll come back to it after we get your negative that, yeah, it's the Derby, but I don't think that's been a factor in recent years because it's the Derby, but we're much better. Now you've got Everton looking that bit more functional and you add that into our comparative dysfunction and that's where the leveller came. I just want to have that as our going away topic uh, from the Derby in a second. So just to float it out there. And Lisa Marie, now if you could let me know what you thought was the worst aspect of it. You know, it's, the worrying, I guess, trend, if you will, of of transform, you know, I, I don't know what's quite going on there. And and I don't remember if it was I haven't listened to all of Raw yet. I've listened to about half of it and, and it may have come up um, on, on your discussion with with Dave and Carl Matchett. But somebody was saying something about how, you know, that muscle and everything that he's put on has maybe affected the way he's playing a little bit. And I, that actually had crossed my mind. You know, it's kind of like a, a teenager with a growth spurt. Um, you know, my, my child number two grew like seven inches in a 15 month period. And so he went for a while where like he couldn't run because I don't think he knew what he d- knew what to do with his arms and his legs. And he used to fall down the stairs. I swear to God, three times a week. Um, so it's not, I mean, obviously it's not quite, I swear, I swear he did. I mean, to the point where we would hear him and we would be like, he wouldn't even wait for us to ask if he was okay. He'd be like, I'm okay. Um, but yeah, he, he fell down the stairs on a, on a fairly regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> another, another topic, another day. Um, but, but again, to Trent, I think maybe with that muscle mass or, and everything that, that he's gained, I don't know if it's just thrown him off in some ways a little bit I don't I don't know just a thought but but his form is worrying because I mean we've been saying that for practically every match this season so far haven't we that Trent just doesn't seem quite on it so I don't know but that so that was probably one of my biggest negatives because we we need him to be 
much more with it than he has been so far this season. I think that's an important part of our game. Yeah, I think that's really fair. And, you know, that we will we, maybe maybe take it that way into the topic I was talking about. Um, we can't, Carl, can we? I was talking about the fall off in Liverpool compared to the solidification of whatever sort of Premier League, uh, you know, agrarian individuals they've got there in the Everton team. You know, the, the fall off is very much... Trent Alexander-Arnold is not doing Trent Alexander-Arnold things at the same rate. Mo Salah is not doing Mo Salah things at the same rate. Uh, you add, factor in the fact that it seems we built our entire um, playing strategy around a guy who will only be available for around about 50% of the games. And uh, we start to have issues. Um, we start to have issues. We can't carry an underperforming trend and an underperforming Mo and hope that we can we can keep pace with the awesome might of Manchester City and the emerging uh, might of one or two others. That'd be my take. Are you are you as um, bleak in your view? No, because um, we're once again back to Carl's Curry theory of Liverpool Football Club. Um, what do you do when you're making a curry? You flavour it to the point where you want it to be perfect, and sometimes it's very difficult to get that flavour right. I think we're messing around with the flavour a bit. Um, and I think when it comes good, it will come good. It just depends on how long it takes to become good. And is it worth taking this long just to get a bit of garam masala in? I don't know. <laughs> I'm nothing after that. Sorry. Uh, but that, that, that's what it feels like to me. Um, I, think, I think Trent's problem has been for a while that we keep whacking him in the centre circle. He was he was less like that at the weekend, but uh, but um, uh, yeah, the, I mean, that, I was at the Palace game and I just kept thinking, well, what, what what are you doing there? What are you standing there for? You know, when he goes up front for ten minutes and stuff. Um, I, I don't think Trent is really a problem. I think maybe someone's getting in his head about, I think, or his manager is, is getting in his head and thinking, like, you know. You'd be really good in midfield. You're literally the best right back in the world. There is no one as half as good as you in the world. Why not just play right back? It works. Um, so I think there's part of that. I think, but I, I think they're knackered. I think they're absolutely knackered, and they really are. And then, and the proof yeah. of that is is obviously Andy Robertson, who hasn't finished the game or started the game yet. He's not done 90 minutes in one go. Uh, and there's a shit World Cup coming up soon as well, which is a complete waste of time. But uh, I, th- I think they're just tired. I really do. And um, uh, there are there are some positives. I think we should worry. I mean, Carvalho was fantastic. I didn't think he did anything before he got whacked in the leg yesterday. But that big grok they had in the middle. But um, I think it's uh, it's see, Le- Leanne got criticised just for using the word transition. Um, I, I don't know what people think the word transition means. Um, I think Leanne called it absolutely right. Sometimes you have to tear up a script to write another one, and the second script takes a bit of a while sometimes and it looks like we've had to go and tearing up a script a bit um because of sadio going um it's just i think it speaks volumes to me that we play better when firmino's been in the team because that's what they're used to they're used to that you know that that sort of focus point who isn't a focus point uh focal point because that's what he's like um I, I i'm not totally throwing everything away just yet but it's it's a it's a pretty average to bleak start obviously but uh which is weird when there's a nine nil thrown in uh, and beaten the the cheats in the northeast. Um, but um, I, I, I'm going to use the transition word, but I think it might be just a brief one. 
I'm not I'm not down I'm downhearted by it because I don't like it. But you know I want the Liverpool to win every single game eight nine eight and nine nil again. And what I don't want Trev is to be told as I've climbed off a fucking mountain that Liverpool have just won nine nil and I had a ticket. That's what I don't want. Nobody wants that. Yeah, gave my Nobody ticket away. Gave my ticket away. Lovely nine nil. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun to watch, Carl. It was no, so I've much fun it, yeah. to watch. It's you at a protein bar. I was a puddle in a car park at five o'clock on Friday. A yeah. puddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't even chew the protein bar. You were just sucking the protein bar. That was me, yeah. that was me getting the bag off my back. Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> I know. You just, just you were just just my back. just no, you were just gnawing the strap of your backpack instead. Yeah. See, is there any nutritional value in it? Lisa Maria, I, I've, I've, I, I want to take this, this point that Carl's raised. He mentions um, Leanne. That's Leanne Prescott. In case people are wondering, who writes a lot about Liverpool, um, and used to write for AI. Uh, the point about transition. I have to say, this one stuck in my craw a little bit, and it's not. I didn't read anything that Leanne said. Uh, what I did uh, pick up on was that there's a certain type out there who are every bit as uh, offensive to me as the um as the kind who go after players relentlessly go after the manager as if they are somehow better that type of thing to me is just absolutely farcically awful uh the arrogance of it i can't get my head around at all however however there is a sort of a flip side the flip side is that there are also people who are sanctimoniously positive and talk about trust the manager, Klopp hasn't steered us wrong yet, trust the trust the system we haven't done wrong yet, trust the owners. And that, sorry, frankly, if you've been living through the world in the last couple of years and 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 you you don't have a little bit of a hinkiness when someone tells you to blindly believe in something, then I'm afraid you 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 may well have some intellectual issues. So it that bothers me every bit as much as the in, the inverse, which is the really negative people. I'm not just going to be a happy, clappy dope who goes, everything will be fine. And I, I, you can clearly hear that that's not what Carl's doing. Carl's trying to, Carl's picking out positives and he's saying, look, this may be a process. And Carl's pointing out that the transition thing may be a reference to, or could be seen as a reference to, well, we look to be trying to do things very differently. Here's what kills me about the word transition. I don't think that this club at this stage with the money and wealth that it's generating with the manager and group of core players that it has should be anything other than progressing, not transitioning. And I understand that there's a little element of transitioning in progress. I was around when Kenny ripped up one team that he won the double with, uh, had a really crap season where we only finished second and then decided to buy some of the best players that have ever played for Liverpool, bring them all in. After losing the greatest striker in the history of our game. After losing the greatest striker in the history. Is now. He still is now the top goal scorer oh, in history. He'll never be touched. Ian Rush will never be touched. So I, I've seen that, but I've also been spoiled by the fact that there was no need for the transition. It just happened immediately. And I think there should have been a little bit more judicious pruning 
and additions to this squad. And therefore, we, and if that had been the case, Lisa Marie, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. So as a result, that's why the notion of transition bugs me a bit. Where, how do you feel about the whole subject? Yeah. yeah. Um. That's not an answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not an answer. <laughs> Sorry, it's a sangria. Um, it's muddled my thoughts. You know, it, it, you're right, Trev. Um, which you know that should that's, make that's you happy. That's not an answer either. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things, and I don't know that this is necessarily an answer either. But one of the things that has struck me the last couple games has been, you know, I've just been thinking about things the last from last season carrying into this season that don't seem to be working right. Um, and I mean, of course, the midfield is one of those, but the left side is the other one. And I started thinking, well, why is that? And I think it's because we just don't seem to have a consistency um, in not necessarily the same personnel, but the same type, you know, I mean, you know, we all know, you know, and I don't want to get us going on, you know, Jeannie Winaldum and the Jeannie minutes and, and all of that, but there is something to be said for that, that consistency that Jeannie offered always being on that left side of the midfield, linking the play between, you know, Robertson and Mane and, and, and all of that, that seemed to be working. And so you've got, you know, Winaldum gone, Everyone's talked about how Robo's Robo's form has fallen off. And I think part of it is the fatigue that Carl talked about. But I think part of it is he hasn't had consistency on that left side with who he's linking up with. Um, you know, he and Jada seem to be kind of, you know, and Tiago, when all that was happening last season on a consistent basis, you know, you seem to see something developing there. But then one or the other of them always seem to be out injured in any way. I, I think you're right. I think as we have lost players for whatever reason, we have not, we haven't been smart in how we've been bringing people in. And so it is almost forced to transition, not a transition that we have planned for. Um, if that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you look, he, the manager makes a decision to keep, um, Someone like James Miller in the squad, he makes a decision or the club make a decision to award the captain uh, whatever it was, four years uh, at whatever age he was at the time. Was he 30, 31? Four years or four years? Four, four, four. <laughs> Jesus, 40 years would be quite the contract. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. So, 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 I mean, these are all decisions you make. And, and 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 I can see maybe the manager's thumbprint all over them because he values these guys and he wants them in the squad and he thinks they can offer stuff on and off the park. And that's all great. And I like that, but we had a big plan to go and get a guy who was going to address a very specific issue that we have in the team. He went to Real Madrid instead and we did nothing. And then the, 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 the captain got injured at the very last minute. We go out and get some guy who, if most people are being honest, they haven't heard of, or if they've heard of him, they've heard of him uh, very briefly. The only time I've ever seen him play, he came on against us in the semi-final of the Champions League in that famous game. Um, I've never seen Arthur Mello play. I knew he played um, with Fabinho for the national team. Um, so I can't, opine on the kid at all there was lots of stories going on about him being a little bit of a sick note that's a worry i looked at his injury record christ that's a worry 
Uh, and so it felt like a little bit of a token gesture. I have no doubt that he's a great lad. I, I just have this feeling that he's just a really good lad. And that's a huge part of why he's coming to Liverpool. I honestly do. Um, so you can understand the frustration. What a great set of lads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, a, just a tremendous set of lads. It's a great set of lads. Uh, I, I, I I wonder, Carl, if and I know you you don't tend to be critical, especially when it comes to transfer related malarkey. I don't know if it's because you're not massively interested in it, or you just have a more of a they know what they're doing, leave them to it kind of an angle on it. Um, but I'm very interested in getting your take before we start wrapping up here on this. The way in which the club has approached this most recent transfer window, and I know you were kind of on the bus of, look, we have a lot of good footballers there, but then we all were forced to get off the bus and have a good look at that bus because it was fucked in the ditch uh, because most of those footballers were unavailable. So where are you now in terms of the fact that we knew this? And I mean the fact that it took an injury to the captain for us to move at the last minute has it, it, it's it, there's a real strong bang of Ben Davies and Ozan Kabak off this. What's your take? Well, we had to buy someone because we, we literally had no one left. I mean, I mean that, that needs saying we literally had nobody left who could have played. Um, Agreed. I know it's just coming back, but you know, but someone, and, and I'm, I'm tired of the whole Henderson argument as well. I, I wrote a column on it last week, which everyone agrees with. And I didn't get 200 horrible comments at all. Um, you need a senior, some other senior in there as well. And Fabino um, is obviously senior there, but he's not had the best start of the season. So, you know, we needed someone in there as well since when Thiago comes back as well to help out. Um, the reason that I'm always sort of quite sanguine about transfers is because I did a podcast in about 2012, I want to say, with, no, slightly later, with Jonathan Norcroft uh, from the, I think he was Sunday Times at the time. Um, and it was a really, really interesting chat because he basically said the amount of stories we get about transfers, about and James Pierce gets this today, and other other people that don't like, you know, the Athletic get it too. Is the amount of people who the club talk to, and then something changes, and then something else happens, and suddenly you're talking about someone else, and then that changes, and it goes back to the original person. That happens constantly, every day. We could have been looking at. Um, for some reason, I'd be calling him Lemo. I don't know why that is. Uh, Big Arthur Lemo <laughs> um, is. We've clearly been looking at him for a while. It wasn't just sort of you know the, the Man United scattergun. What the hell is Henrik Larsson doing these days? You never know. Um, approach to. I, lo- I love the idea, by the way, of someone saying if they're looking to buy someone senior, have a look at Cavani. Oh no, they've had him. They can't have him and get back again. Um, they've already been looking at someone. I think that. So I'm, I'm sort of never panic about transfers because I'm they knew about Virgil van Dijk for years. They knew about Andy Robertson for a fair while as well. Um, and I think the club's approach, and I can see why it's criticised, is to we'd rather have 10 games without him than buy someone and not be able to buy the lad we want. And that is risky. But I understand it works because we've won the European Cup and we've won a league title since that since that started happening. Um, and and my, my my counterpoint to that would be that if we were to have approached it differently, it's very possible 
that we would have another one of each or at least one more of those. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So so it's it's really interesting. And look, it's all ifs, ands and buts and it's all speculation. It's all supposition. So it's just important. I, 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 that's what I like about this show is we get to go down the different well, avenues. I, I think the big thing, Trevor, is no one knows anything. I mean, you can have nobody. Many, no, in, 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 many in the know people, you know, as you like in your sources, and he's always been right about this, blah 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 blah. No one knows anything because they're not working for the club. That's uh, that's William Goldman, isn't it? Nobody knows anything. Yeah, I think that's William Goldman. It's a good quote, and it's one that I think most of us who try to lean towards being at least a bit uh, humble uh, would lean into. But like I was saying, that's what I like about this show is we can have the, the complete contrasting opinions at times, but nobody's biting each other's heads off. So maybe maybe uh, we should. Uh, we should just put this up as a tutorial on Twitter about how to talk to each other uh, without. Um, Are you going to mention Manning, Manning guys chat about Jordan Henderson in the week? No. <laughs> That's WhatsApp, and WhatsApp's not real. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You need to be a subscriber to do that, and you can't subscribe to this show. Everybody knows WhatsApp's not real life. Uh, so that's as, and, and neither is Twitter. So we should start wrapping it up. I, we're coming up on the hour mark, and I want to let you guys, in case there was something you want to specifically mention, to do that. I want to use this. Because there are quite a few of you who listen to this who are also subscribed to my show, The Great Stories. I appreciate you immensely, you guys. And I, even more of you who just listen, um, I also appreciate you. And I wanted to let you know that uh, although the date has slipped a little bit, it's just going to be a week. I have a really big lot of stuff going on at the moment. But I have not one but two recorded. And only last night I, I started recording the second ever non-fiction great stories podcast which is a wonderful piece by a journalist called gay talise and it's called frank sinatra has a cold uh, and i think you'll enjoy that one immensely i might have to put it into it took me literally I, I got out of the recording booth aka my walk-in wardrobe uh two two, two hours and 30 minutes later so that's a lot of talking so i'm gonna to have to edit that then that'll be a project so don't panic they're on the way carl have you got anything you want to plug or mention before we leave i'm we're recording myself and john um this week uh no not this week at all actually i think it's next week now um the next in the sherlock mad letter amberley series we did the live show with bert and leslie which was a personal highlight for me um and we're going to be doing the Norwood Builder, which I absolutely adore. It's one of my favourite Sherlock stories ever. Fantastic. Do keep your ears out for that. And if you haven't, go and have a look at the Twitter account at Adler to Amberley. Adler 2. It's just Adler 2. It's just at Adler 2. A-D-L-E-R-T-O. Yeah. Uh, that will get you uh, all of the... You check that back and you'll be able to find the podcast. You'll be able to find all the links there in um, the uh, bio of that account. So do check that out. And Lisa Marie, anything you want to sign off with before we go? Two things. First of all, I would like to say that I believe I dislike Anthony Gordon more than Harry Kane. Just putting it Ooh, out there. Ooh, that's a big shout. That big is. Shout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big shout. Um, real shift in thinking for me, but, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I mean, we haven't played Tottenham yet, so, you know, the yeah. ranking could change. I'd like to throw in Connor Cody actually into that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's a thought. That's that, a shout. Yeah, that well. celebration. But I still think Anthony yeah, Gordon is worse. He's just ugh. anyway. Um, two. Um, I was traveling this week. I was in North Carolina, and on Wednesday, so I caught the Newcastle match at a pub or bar in downtown Raleigh called the London Bridge, and that's where the official um, Liverpool supporters club for Raleigh watches their matches and it was a lovely atmosphere now they don't just it's the place here in Nashville it is just Liverpool fans that come this place they had multiple Premier League games on I think they had the Man City game on and they also had the Arsenal game on so there was a mixture of fans but but it was still it, it was really nice and I'm so glad that I did that because that meant that I saw that winning goal in real time and it was just it was fabulous to be in a bar full of people that just were ecstatic so um if there are any anyone from the raleigh supporters club that listens to this podcast um thank you for your hospitality i really appreciated it there's nothing quite like coming across a bunch of reds uh where you're in foreign territory and it's a lovely unifying thing um we had some lovely conversations with people all over the globe after the first Champions League final for a show that I did. And we came across all the OLSCs in various mm-hmm. places from South Africa to various parts of Europe to various parts of the States and uh, plenty of places in Asia as well. And it's lovely to see. So I'm glad you enjoyed that. And shout out to the, let me get the pronunciation, Raleigh, I would say. Raleigh, Raleigh yes. <laughs> uh, the, Raleigh, the Raleigh crowd, hopefully, if, and if you are listening to this, do reach out and talk to us via Twitter uh, if you are. Look, we're going to be Raleigh very... Reds. Up the Raleigh Reds. We're going to be back up very Reds, soon. Yeah. There's no, no two ways about it. This season just isn't going to go anywhere. It's very intense. Uh, by the time we speak to you next, there'll be two more games under the Reds' belt. Hopefully, uh, we're talking about two wins. We obviously have Napoli um on wednesday night and then we push on the league again at the weekend and then we go to the champions league and then we push on the league and so on and so forth so do stay with (laughs) us we'll try to keep you entertained um and you know there have been a couple of results this week in terms of how arsenal got on how city got on that maybe mightn't make you too despondent uh in terms of the bigger picture so do try to keep uh, an eye on all the moving parts uh, before you make too many uh, pronouncements about uh, uh, this season being over, etc., etc., I have high hopes for it still, and I know Carl and Lisa Marie would have also. Like I said, uh, we will be back with you uh, very, very soon. We'll pick a day next week. It's usually Friday we record these. Hopefully that will stick or twist for next week. But one way or the other, you will have a podcast. And here's Tom with the weather. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.